It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli. I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Newsflash with Spencer Walsh and other expert commentators is a groundbreaking news program giving you the news you need to know in times like these. We're devoted to giving you the facts with no bias or slant. With all the news outlets out there and many hidden agendas, the truth can get very easily distorted. Not on Newsflash. Every weekend morning at 9 a.m., Hello everyone and welcome to today's show, and now what could very well be conceived as a crazier week than the last, this is Newsflash, my name is Spencer Walsh, we thank you so much for joining us here today, it's an absolute pleasure to have you here with us, and we are live on this Saturday morning, after what was an absolutely crazy week, some of the headlines on today's show, well President Donald Trump is landing in Saudi Arabia and getting out of the way of the crazy scandals going on. Anthony Weiner has pled guilty to federal obscenity charge. Apparently, Trump told the Russians that uh, firing the, quote, nutjob Comey relieved great pressure within the White House, and the Russians are now saying that they can influence Donald Trump. That's a very good thing for them. Newsflash starts right now. And today, to help me break this all down, I am here with Glenn Bradford, our senior political analyst, as always. Glenn, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, Spencer. Thanks for having me. All right, great to uh, great to know you can hear me. All right, great to know that you are here today. All right, so we start with Saudi Arabia, and it really is going to be a crazy, crazy situation uh, for the next couple of days with Trump out of the country and all these uh, new uh, Russia-related things breaking out seemingly every day. Uh, President Donald Trump landed in Saudi Arabia Saturday for his first stop uh, abroad since taking office. Eventually, a visit originally meant to bolster international partnerships. But which aides now hope can reset a scandal-pocked narrative back home. So, yeah, Trump stops in an, uh, stop in an enthusiastic Saudi capital is the first in an eight-day, five-country swing across the Middle East and Europe. The complex itinerary, uh, as CNN explained here, will bring Trump to the capitals of three great world religions and introduce him to the grueling pace of presidential foreign travel. Air Force One touchdown mid-morning during King Khalid uh, Airport in Riyadh, Riyadh, probably some uh, struggle, uh, saying that where Trump greeted uh, was greeted on the tarmac by King Salman and other high-level Saudi officials. The royal red carpet welcome, which featured a military uh, uh, b- uh, brass band and a fighter jet flyover, was a demonstration of just how highly anticipated Trump's arrival was to the Middle Eastern Kingdom and. I, I'm kind of worried, but with all this pomp and circumstance, will do you think we get taken away, uh, will we get distracted from the Trump-Russia thing with all these uh, important stories breaking? Well, uh, it's hard to know. I mean, we'll, we'll see if there are any more stories that, that break, um, you know, independent of uh, things that come out of Trump's mouth. <laughs> uh, but, you know, who knows? Maybe he might tweet during his trip uh, or, or say something uh, in press conferences with these foreign leaders uh, related to the Russian probe. You never know. Yeah, something tells me he will be very attuned to the news uh, going on at home. And, I mean, yeah, again, we're already seeing kind of the attention to being taken away from this with the crazy things. That happened over this past week. Uh, uh, Trump's 
yeah, it's going to be a really good, uh, really good situation. This uncertainty uh, could be if this goes out very well. If this is going to it turns out to be a disaster, it could be just a continuation of the piling on of just a mess that's been going for Trump. Uh, and he's yeah, so he is embarking on his first international trip. Hopefully, maybe trying to get away from this. I mean, do you think this was? It's. I mean, it just seems like such an optimal uh, situation here. And yeah, it is really. I don't know. How do you, uh, uh, Glenn? Do you have any insight about how these foreign leaders are preparing for Donald Trump to come to their uh, uh, to their countries? Uh, no, not really. Uh, the, the, certainly, I you know my information comes from the news, and and there hasn't been a lot on that. So I I'm afraid I don't have much to say. Yeah, well, I mean, what I've been uh, hearing uh, is is because there is going to be a lot of uh, high priorities here. There's going to be a negotiation of a arms deal in Saudi Arabia, and uh, there's going to be a lot of high interest. Iran also high on the agenda, uh, as he, he Trump is still remaining pretty popular in the Gulf, where leaders hope he'll take a hard line on Iran and his predecessor, Barack Obama, so that was apparently not very popular. Uh, when With the nuclear deal, the U.S. president visit comes as Iran's president. Uh, president Hassan Rouhani handily won the re-election and was a victory for the Shiite nation's reformist camp. Uh, so Saudi Arabia was opposed to the deal that Obama administration helped strike wi- uh, with the uh, with Iran to curtail its nuclear program. So they did not like that deal at all. So probably and uh, uh, Trump didn't like it either. So it's probably better for everyone uh, that has changed. So, but here's a little bit uh, more about that. The uh, what Trump's going to do. So uh, Saudi Arabia is apparently serving him steak and ketchup at a state dinner. So he doesn't. That's pretty much uh, what he requested and. Apparently. So here is what the foreign leaders have the kind of shared notes about how to deal with Trump when he comes to office. And so apparently this is what he said. He's uh, he's going to spend 15 minutes at a Holocaust museum in when he goes to Israel. And he said he wanted to hot, uh, fly a helicopter near an old ancient fortress. But he was declined. I, think, I believe I don't know what the fortress was. Uh, but it was like, I think it could have been somewhere in Israel, and they were afraid it would damage it, so they uh, just made him take a cable car up. He just doesn't seem to care. And Vortland leaders are, uh, too, apparently, they're supposed to. Here's the tips to how to deal with Trump. Compliment him on his election win. Say he's better than Obama. Expect him to have no knowledge about uh, the country's history or hot-button issues that are facing the country. And have a short presentation and mention his name a lot. That should keep his attention. And there should be a no uh, no long list of issues because he just does not have any time for that. So, what what is your reaction to that? Well, it it, it sounds like um, I, I think there were some concerns that that President Trump didn't prep well enough for this big foreign trip. Um, past presidents uh, make sure that they understand all the special protocols and ceremonies and ways you're supposed to behave in certain countries uh, that are that are not typical of, of behavior in our country just so that you don't end up offending a foreign leader uh, I, I don't know if he went through all that I, I don't I just doesn't strike me as the kind of person who would have the patience to learn all that all those all those things uh, so there could be some embarrassing faux pas during this trip we'll we'll see um as far as um issues that each leader cares about um and that might be brought up uh, i'm not i'm not sure how much trump has prepped for those things as well he certainly knows that the trip and uh, the trip to the visit to israel is going is is going to be a little bit difficult um considering he gave that sensitive information uh, to the Russians last week that was um, could have compromised uh, Russian intelligence uh, spies and so forth and uh, it, it will just we'll just see I will just wait and see what happens I, I I'm, I'd be surprised if it, it's considered a successful trip by most uh, people in the press um, but I'm sure Trump will come back uh, <clears throat> with a glowing report of how well he was received. And Claim victory. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just the, the usual stuff that you can you can predict from these things. Uh, you know, now that we've seen his presidency uh, so far, you can kind of predict what's going to happen. In terms of like the survival and the success of his presidency, in terms of uh, Russian impeachment rumors, all this stuff, how how high stakes of a meeting in a trip or a foreign tour do you think this is going to be? I don't think it's going to matter that much in the grand scheme of his presidency. I think that in one respect it will be a bit of a respite for him because he, he won't be uh, facing you know, the U.S. press. He'll be out of the White House. It'll, that part will be good for him, I think. He'll, even though the trip is going to be grueling in other respects, um, he'll be distracted a lot by the events going around him, and maybe it'll take his mind off uh, the Russian probe a little bit. But, you know, that stuff is just temporary, and, and once he gets back, he's going he's gonna to face the Russia probe again, and it's going to be constantly dogging him for the rest of his presidency, it, it seems. And uh, it, it's going to really take its toll on, on him and, and what his administration can accomplish yeah, trust me, There's uh, trust both of us, actually. There's going to be a lot of uh, pressure on that. We'll get to the uh, Russian stuff for a good portion of today's uh, broadcast, but uh, I just want to get to this. So uh, he, uh, Trump's also expected to announce a series of new agreements with the kingdom, including a $100 million arms deal that was brokered primarily by Trump's son-in-law, Jared Kushner. The agreement will provide tanks, ships, and missile defense systems to the kingdom in an attempt to bolster its regional military prowess. And got to be honest... I'm not sure how much of this was Jared Kushner because there were some reports that said he was in close contact with Lockheed Martin, the company that makes those tank ships, missiles, and missile defense systems, to <coughs> and to uh, maybe they kind of motivated him, pushed him on a little bit. And, I mean, at this point, I mean, normally this could have been a really big story that would have been made a big deal out of, but, I mean, at this point, it's just Trump is Trump, right? Yeah, in fact, I didn't even hear about this story. This is something about... Which country was this? Saudi Arabia? Yes, yeah, so, uh, Saudi Arabia. Uh, he is um, supposed to, he is going to uh, provide a $100 million arms deal uh, that was brokered primarily by Kushner. So uh, Kushner's kind of leading it, and apparently he was in close contact with Lockheed Mar- Martin. Actually, I believe he called Lockheed Martin like during the process of the deal. So, yeah, oh, that could be a little... Yeah, so, interesting... Also, uh, when Miss, uh, Mrs. Trump, Melania, came off the plane, she was not covered in the local custom, and she stuck, uh, shook Solomon's hand upon al- arriving in the kingdom. Obviously, the lo- uh, the uh, r- local custom is um, e- the uh, head the headdress. I don't, maybe I think it was like the hijab. I think uh, that is normally what uh, normally what the normal people wear. Um, she, um, First Lady Michelle Obama followed that practice with the head covering and uh, when accompanying her husband to King Abdullah's The Last King, the funeral in 2015. Back then, Trump issued a sharp criticism of Miss Obama, writing on Twitter, that she insulted Saudi Arabian citizens. And Saturday, none of the women in Trump's delegation covered their hair and there, and there appeared to be a little consternation from the large delegation of Saudi men who greeted them in the airport. So, I mean, I I kind of think it's good. I almost kind of think it's good that we're getting past this um, and we're getting to the point where we can see, you know what, this is this is like, it doesn't matter and get to be a point where it's less sec- secular. Women have more freedom. They don't have to wear those headscarves everywhere and just maybe it's a big deal when the Americans come in and they do that too. So probably, do you think it's probably got to be a pretty positive thing, right? Yeah, I guess you know, it, it would I would just think of it even though it's not something that we look upon in our society as uh, as a good thing. It, doing it when you go there shows some respect for their culture and their way of life even, sure. even if we don't agree with it completely. So, but if they're if they're not bothered by, you know, the fact that we're not doing that, then I guess that's okay. Yeah, that is good to see. Uh, see just a little bit of co- um, cl- uh, confirmation about this story I mentioned a little bit earlier with uh, Jared Kushner and Lockheed Martin. Uh, Kushner said, uh, Kushner called the Lockheed CEO about the $100 billion uh, 
so Saudi arms deal. So that is interesting. Um, all right. So just moving on here, the, Trump will give a a big speech. A big speech. I think is it tonight about how to deal uh, about uh, Islam and how maybe important it is. We don't know, but. Maybe it's not going to be in the most positive light because it was written by Steve Miller, uh, Stephen Miller, who is one of the architects of the original travel ban, which failed and failed big time. And yeah, I mean, do you think this is a wide decision by Trump letting such a, a guy, a guy, a, a write a speech that is so uh, hate, hateful of Islam in a place where maybe Trump should be very respectful of Islam? Uh, because A, he's in a Muslim-majority country, and B, it's probably going to be important to forge good relationships with, uh, with these religions down the road, so could be a pretty detrimental thing to Trump if he comes out and rips Islam in pretty much Islam's home turf. Yeah, I mean, a lot of, a lot of it depends on the tone of his speech, really. Uh, I think that, you know, when, when Obama would, would give a speech uh, in the Middle East, he he would be very respectful of mm. uh, Islam uh, as a whole, and and then he would criticize the the more extremist elements of it. And um, I think if uh, Trump takes the same kind of approach, it'll be it'll be fine. Yeah. But um, you, you just don't just not sure what kind of speech Steve Miller has come up with. He, it might be heavily weighted toward the extremist um, elements, and then there might be a, a few a few sentences thrown in about you know Islam being fundamentally uh, good good religion, you know. Yeah. So it it, it just depends on um, how it's written and how it's weighted. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I, I don't have a lot of confidence that it'll come off sounding like an Obama speech. Yeah, that can. It's probably not going to be nearly as uh, complimentary. I can. I can kind of almost predict it now, but probably going to be something along the lines of, "You people must take responsibility for everyone in your population, whether it's extremists, ISIS members, Al Qaeda members, etc." Because that's normally what the right wing conservative talking point is, and it's and then. Like a few weeks later, then there's this Christian, far uh, far right Christian, who goes and like blows up an abortion center, and it's just like, really, they're all outraged about it. Uh, but anyway, we move on to coming up next. We I, I just want to spend a little time on this, not too much, because obviously, kind of a just just depressing story. Anthony Weiner yesterday pleading guilty to a federal obscenity charge. We will get to that next. Stay right where you are. This is Newsflash.
like to keep it mellow. I smoke and keep it mellow. I drink and keep it mellow every day. gentlemen welcome back to the show today uh once again i would just want to let everybody know that today i am here with uh glenn bradford glenn thank you so much for joining us today thank you spencer <clears throat> all right so we start i just want to spend a little bit of time on this uh and i just want to just a quick 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 amount but um ha- uh anthony weiner obviously the former democratic new york times planning by the way a uh, former Democratic congressman whose sexting scandals ended his political career and embroiled him in a tumultuous FBI investigation of Hillary Clinton before the election, pleaded guilty to a felony on Friday, crying openly as he admitted to conduct that he knew was as morally wrong as it was unlawful. The plea agreement ended a federal investigation into a series of sexually explicit pictures and messages that Weiner sent to underage girls from North Carolina, one or underage girls from North Carolina to be precise, in Cap... The long-tortured downfall of Mr. Weiner, who ruined a once-promising career in Congress and then spoiled various attempts at resurrecting his reputation, all through his uncontrolled habit of using social media and texts to spend, send explicit messages to women. Obviously, a very sad, sad situation for someone who's just really, it's like almost kind of like a mental health problem uh, at this point. Uh, Glenn, how would you, how will you remember in history... In the grand scheme of things, Anthony Weiner. Oh, I don't know. I, I guess uh, a kind of a kind of uh, sad case of of you know what he calls a a disease, a real problem. I mean, he's he's ruined his career. He he now can face up, I think, up to ten years in prison. Although I don't think he'll uh, serve that much, if if at all. I'm not sh- I'm not sure how he's going to be sentenced. 
but his marriage is ruined, and it's it's just a mess. It's a very, a very sad tale, and he obviously um, was was quite adept with politics. I mean, he, even after his uh, his first uh, you know running with this problem, um, he was able to make a comeback. So, I mean, people are forgiving, but, you know, now he's done it again. And I, I just think, uh, I think he's finished politically. And uh, yeah, yeah. it's just a sad story. I think the important thing at this point is he just gets, he just gets whatever problems that he may have just kind of solved there. And it could be, hopefully, that he's able to do that. Uh, and, I mean, it's kind of, the kind of the important thing is, like, with this, we kind of lost the ability to uh, utilize and have in political circles and in uh, wherever he may have been running, like where I think it was like the con- uh, uh, congressional seat. Uh, he, I mean, he was a pretty powerful, strong politician who's really kind of a, a fighter for kind of what was right. And it's kind of very sad, very, very sad to see uh, the situation, this situation kind of unfold here. Yeah, indeed. Um, I don't know. There's much more to say. Uh, he, he, yeah. uh, like you said, he, he he was promising, and I mean, I think a lot of people um, agreed with his politics, uh, but there's just this other dimension that he he just can't seem to grapple with, and uh, it's it's very much like an addiction, and uh, he he needs help, and I. I I wish him the best. I, I hope he can overcome this. Definitely. That, all that all the stuff you said, too true. We will be back uh, with more as we get into some of the more crazy events this week uh, in just two minutes when we return. The Spencer Walsh Show returns after this on the Spencer Walsh Radio Network. I am the king, you will not be. I am the king, you king, king, you will Welcome back to the show, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Spencer Walsh. And, all right, so still we have a lot of stuff to get into today. And let's get to the latest news. And uh, with us today, we have Glenn uh, Glenn Bradford, our Spencer Walsh Radio Network senior political analyst. Always great to have him here. All right, so uh, as The Atlantic would tell you, apparently Donald Trump told the Russians that the nut job, James Comey's firing only great pressure, in the White House. So essentially, he bragged about firing the former FBI director to the Russians, uh, which just shows, I mean, wow. This is essentially what it shows. New York Times reported the exchange on Friday, and the White House did not dispute it, an unusual move for a communications staff 
that has offered at least token pushback and some serious dispute on, even on stories that are unmistakably correct. Uh, during the same meeting, uh, Trump revealed a highly sensitive classified information shared with a U.S. ally about an ISIS plot. And, I mean, it, it is just crazy stuff. And, I mean, at this point, I mean, I just don't know where Trump's allegiance lies. He seems to be more devoted to pleasing the Russians than the own, uh, the American people at this point. I gotta be, I gotta be honest. Yeah, I mean, uh, everything about that Russian meeting um, points to that, and and to you know, an Amer- a typical American, I think it's pretty alarming uh, all the things that that came out of that meeting. Now, first of all, the U.S. press wasn't invited there, so all the photographs are courtesy of uh, Russian media. Um, he visits the, he has this meeting with the Russian the day after he fired Comey. So the optics of that is just awful. Um, he doesn't seem to realize that. And then at the meeting, um, he gives up this uh, sensitive uh, material, um, uh, classified material. And, uh, and then he says, just as you pointed out, he, he, he makes, makes these comments uh, about uh, Kami and about how it relieves the pressure on him in the Russia investigation. And that comment in particular, coupled with um, what he said uh, to, to Mr. Holt during uh, his interview with him, um, kind of helps bolster the obstruction of justice um, claim on him that he tried to really impede the investigation, and that, that was his purpose. So, um, not very, not very smart. And I guess there, I guess the White House, you know, can't. Um, come out and dispute what he said because uh, there were witnesses there, and this is probably the official coming out of the official transcript of that meeting. So it'd be very difficult to dispute that he said that. The amazing thing is, he said this in front of, as you said, note takers and people who were like stenographers who were supposed to take uh, transcripts. Like, I mean. Did he seriously, do you think he thought this would be okay? Like, do you think, like, maybe the Democrats in some sick, like, twisted way maybe thought, like, the Democrats would like this, like, uh, with with the Comey firing? Uh, well, I mean, I think that uh, um, the, the, the reason that, um, yeah, I, uh, initially, I think the, the, the reason that he fired him, he thought, he thought that he could use that, um, and you know, the, the reasoning that, you know, he... Um, mishandled the Clinton email investigation. We thought, well, this should be everybody should like this move. But, but you know, actually saying it to the Russians um, and admitting that the real reason was that he w- it was relieving pressure from him on the Russia probe. That's his real reason, you know, and um, and that was really dumb thing to say. I guess he maybe he didn't think that um, everything he says in this meeting would be transcribed and um, you know, I, I don't know what he's thinking. He, it just seems like he's very he's a very loose cannon. He doesn't he doesn't seem to appreciate the, the impact of, of the words that he says and how he, he's really incriminating himself with these words. I mean, you may think like there might have been if if a normal person was in this situation, you may think, oh, there would be a kind of a cover up, but like this seems like this seems like it's an uncovering. Like he's just giving it to us, and like uh, reports. I mean, like like people are saying that uh, Trump is still talking with Flynn and Manafort at this time, and even though what Flynn did is he influenced the Russian. He you influenced uh, the uh, U.S.'s decision to uh, attack ISIS. He stopped an ISIS attack because Turkey wouldn't want it, and Turkey was paying him uh, a lot. I think like five hundred uh, five hundred thousand dollars or something crazy like that. And it just shows he's still talking to those people, and it just seems like he's like whatever. It's cool. Yeah, I mean, on the one hand, he you can see that there's a partial cover up. Uh, early, you know, in the transition and early on in his administration, he he was always claiming, you know, there have been no contacts with Russians by any of my campaign people or myself, and so you know that's obviously a lie. So that's that's part of the cover up. But 
like you're saying, there's so many things that he just comes out with mm. that incriminate himself and that if he is trying to do a cover-up, he's only doing a partial one and or just a very bad one, you know, because he's 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 not covering up all his bases. Like he's contradicting his cover up with his own actions, which is yeah, which is uh, actually uh, quite 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 weird. Um, and yeah, the interesting situation is here that uh, just gonna try and pull up this article here. That we had tr- so yeah, here it is. The uh, the Washington Post reports that ongoing probe uh, into ties between the Trump campaign and Russia have identified a current White House official as a significant person of interest in this uh, situation. Uh, the paper reported that its sources say the uh, person is a current senior senior staffer, but would could not and would not further identify it. Uh, Trump has repeatedly denied that he had any ties to Russian interference in the campaign and says uh, he has no business ties to Russia either, which we know is not true. He did back in 2008. He did tons of deals with the Russians in exchange for a million dollars. He went to Moscow in 2005 for his um, his universe pageant, so we know that's not true. But uh, who do you think this person could be? Jared Kushner. The fact, I mean, I thought it might, it might be Tillerson, but then I read it more carefully, and it really says that it's a White House staffer, and mm. Tillerson is, isn't in the White House staff per se. You know, he's he's and he works in the State Department, not the White House. So who else could it be on his staff? I mean, it has probably someone who, who we know already has had some con- contacts with Russia, and that would be Kushner. Jared Kushner. We know he talked to that. Russian bank president during the transition, and he also talked to Kislyak. So, and we also know that he has uh, a lot of uh, uh, business dealings with uh, Russians. Could it be possibly? Uh, or, uh, continue. You going to say anything or? Uh, sorry. Were you gonna? Were you get? Did I interrupt you there? No, no, that's pretty much it. I, I think it's got to be him. I, I don't know who else on that staff would be I'm another just, possibility. Yeah, I'm just going to throw this out there. It could be this could be like pretty crazy, but uh, I'm could it have possibly been uh, Don Maga, uh, Don McGahn, the White House Counsel? Because I heard he was talking. I'm sure he had, maybe he had kind of some conversations. Is that possible or no? I don't think it's likely. I, I haven't heard. Um, I haven't heard any connections with Russia with him, uh, unless I've missed something. Yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure I, rem- I remember it. But Jared Kushner definitely does, as you say, seems to be the uh, the most likely option. Uh, yeah, so Comey's handling of the investigation for Hillary Clinton's emails was the original reason, uh, but it feels like like there. I mean, normally it just it just really uh, I c- kind of. C- uh, c- uh, uh, blowing my mind here because I just do not know what to think. I just do not, it just seems like would this is it should it be going this way? Should it be going that way? And it looks like the Russian officials even know this because they bragged that they could influence use use Michael Flynn to influence uh, Donald Trump according to sources. So uh, CNN reported this last night. Russian officials bragged in conversations during the presidential campaign they cultivated a strong relationship with former Trump advisor. Retired General uh, Michael Flynn, so and they could use him to influence uh, Trump and his team. And do you think that there's a possible chance that this influence is still going on now? Because as you, uh, as the reports have been coming out, he is still tied to it. Uh, uh, Trump still con- uh, conversates with Flynn and Paul Manafort. Do you think this influence is still going on now? Um, through Flynn, you mean? Yeah, because. Uh, if Trump is talking to Flynn, could it be possible that this influence is still going on now, this uh, influencing from Flynn for the interests of Russia? I suppose it's still possible. Uh, if Flynn still has contacts with Russia somehow, um, you know, as a go-between, and and if, if Trump is talking to Flynn, I, I just don't think it's that likely, though. I, I don't... I don't know. Who knows what to think? But uh, I think Flynn would be very foolish to 
to have you know phone conversations with the Russians at this point because uh, there could still be a FISA warrant out on him. He could still be surveilled, and um, he's already you know he's under investigation. So he he's got to assume those things could be happening. So I think he you know if anything he's got to be. He'd be very careful at this point. Although, you know, he was pretty reckless when he talked to Kislyak during the transition in December. So who knows what what this guy does? He He's, he's, he's a bit untethered. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think he's in big trouble, that guy. He's, he, I think the FBI has a lot on him, and, and there's more that we don't know. Uh, bombshell stuff. Um just the way that uh, Trump has been protecting Flynn um, makes me think that uh, there's, there's, there's really some explosive uh, stuff out there about him uh, that we have yet to learn. Yeah, that seems to be uh, that seems to be uh, pretty close to accurate because it just seems like that there is a constant uh, barrage of Trump uh, of Trump uh, protecting thing like maybe. Is it possible, like, maybe like, Trump has something on him, or, uh, or sorry, Flynn has something on Trump? I mean, because like, he did say that uh, Flynn had a story to tell. Uh, the, the lawyer for Flynn uh, said Flynn had the story to tell, and maybe that's, that's, uh, that's why Trump is protecting Flynn, because maybe he is afraid of that story that uh, Flynn supposedly has that could tell if and when he testifies. Yeah, I, I don't know if he's going to testify. Uh, um, if the FBI um, has already figured out everything that Flynn might testify about, then there's no reason to have him testify and no reason to give him immunity. Um, mm. I, I kind of have the feeling that uh, the FBI case on him is very strong. I don't know exactly why I feel that way. I just do. Um, I almost get the impression that, you know, people like Rachel Maddow, um, who keeps bringing this the Flynn thing up over and over again, mm. um, and these 18 days and uh, why he wasn't fired immediately and why the vice president is, is lying to try to uh, protect himself and you know, there's, there's all kinds of stuff in there. She seems, I, she either knows something that she can't really tell us because it's too sensitive or or she's speculating just like I am. Or maybe I'm I'm speculating because I think she knows something. I, I don't know what, <laughs> I don't know what it is, but there's, there's something, there's something really bad there that even, even Trump, as stupid as he is, knows that it's really bad and he has to try to cover that up. Yeah, it just it just feels like just it's grating almost grating on the nerve that it feels like there is something that is so potent here that is coming is is should be coming out and will eventually be coming out soon and we just do not know what it is. There is still no smoking gun, no dead hard cold evidence. But I mean, I think it's going to come out soon. We will continue to break into this Russia investigation in just a minute. So stay with us. This is the Spencer Wall Show. More of the Spencer Wall Show coming up next. Easy go. 
Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show today. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Spencer Walsh, and this is News Flash. We thank you so much for joining us here on the show today. Uh, as big news again, former FBI Director James Comey has agreed to publicly testify as part of an investigation into Russia's interference in the election. The Senate Intelligence Committee announced Friday evening. Uh, Comey's testimony in the opening hearing, which the committee said it would schedule uh, after Memorial Day, uh, Memorial Day later this month, uh, comes amid continued fallout over the President Trump's abrupt firing of the FBI chief last week. The committee looks forward to receiving testimony from the director on his role. And what do you th- do? You think we're going to get a lot out of this from Comey? Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, he has all these memos that he wrote after every conversation and every meeting with the president, and there's probably some good stuff in there. Um, I'm sure the Republicans will grill him about why he didn't come forward with this information sooner or why he didn't feel he was compromised by the president and resigned as a result and blah, blah, blah. Um, but I, I I, imagine that Comey's going to prepare himself for these kinds of questions and his answers will be acceptable to most people. Um, they, certainly, they certainly want his memos. They... They will subpoena them if he doesn't give them up voluntarily, but I I think he will give them up. Um, I just hope that they don't subpoena um, memos earlier than that, and they just confine it to the Russia probe. I'm sure there's plenty of juicy memos he has, maybe relating to the Clinton investigation that Republicans would like to get their hands on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that is... um, yeah, it could turn into a bit of a political circus, but 
I, I just, I'm, I'm just wondering, you know, how long it's going to take before Republicans get on board with this investigation? Because uh, I'm really tired of them, uh, you know, all, only, only co- concentrating on, on the leaks and, and stuff like that. And, yeah, uh, you're starting to, you're starting to see some cracks there, but I, there's, I'm sure there's still plenty of Republicans who have dug in their heels. Do you think Republicans? So yeah, do do how should Republicans react to this? How should they uh t- how should they uh take action? Because some are definitely taking I think a lot of action. John McCain, a prominent Republican, saying, you know what? I think this is kind of almost at Watergate proportions. It's like accelerated Watergate. I think is what the along along lines of what he said. Uh, and I mean, I think they are starting to take a lot of action and. Do you think maybe it's just that they're relieved that someone's done it and that the the Democrats have done it? They've cared about this. Like, the, I think the Republicans, uh, they knew it it was a problem, and and they're very glad to see that the Democrats have now finally taken care of it, so they didn't have to take care of it themselves. It'd be political convenient for them, you know. Yeah, I mean, it 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 could it could um, come crumbling down very quickly or or it or that or it could stay like this for a while it's really hard to tell i mean if there's more bombshells that, that come out um they it'll it'll be something they just can't ignore they just can't come to the american people and and, and keep trying to defend trump it just becomes uh, it just looks really bad if they keep doing that Despite how they privately feel, I'm still waiting for um, national polling, some new national polling. Mm. I got to figure that that's going to be coming out soon. Yeah, where we figure um, out, we see like, are people is the uh, Democrat and slightly Republican outrage reaching over to Trump voters? Are they uh, being affected by this? Are they are the support for the president maybe wavering a little bit? I mean, right. I gotta say, I doubt it. I, I gotta say, I, I doubt kinda, it. I, yeah, I kind of doubt it too. I, um, I'm particularly interested in uh, what the Republican nationwide poll will look like. Um, what what Republicans around the country, so what percentage of them still support the president? Um, a lot of that will depend on how Republicans in Congress behave. I, I think. Mm. Is it? Yeah. If they if they start to freak out about it, maybe. But I mean, I don't know. The question is: Do these do these uh, Republican voters do they really care what their congressional leader thinks? Like, because they showed su- such disdain for those people by not even giving a look at the light of day when they uh, ran for office. People like Lindsey Graham, they had no shot. Uh, but do they really care if Lindsey Graham comes out and says, "You know what? We need to investigate this too fully, and we we think Trump should should have a special prosecutor." Well, Lindsey Graham is kind of like a special case. He he's um, he doesn't really care that much about his constituents and what they think and and how. I, I think he feels pretty comfortable, at least, in getting reelected. Um, I, it, it's just not true of most uh, congressmen and and women. Um, they're really nervous about uh, what their constituents think. Uh, about the president, and if they still support him, then they they feel like they should they need to support him too. If they if they give up on the president, there could be a backlash um, uh, at the polls. And certainly, they know Democrats aren't going to vote for them. Um, <laughs> so the Republicans, uh, their Republican constituents are all they have. And, um, the worst thing that can happen is they don't get reelected. That, that's paramount in their thinking, and uh, somehow this idea that country comes first—well, they'll start saying that, but only after they know their constituents will be behind whatever position they take. Um, so it's yeah, it's just a mess. I, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> it, it felt to me like this week that things were starting to crack. I mean, because we've had two really bad weeks in a row. Yeah. I just don't. I just don't know how long we we can keep this up. I mean, can we have another week that's just as bad as the pre- previous two weeks? And that would mean there would have to be more leaks. 
and and as as Mueller takes control, he's going to try to uh, stop these leaks. I mean, if they're coming from, say, the FBI, for example, he, he's going to try to stop them. And and so the drip, drip, drip we've been having may get cut off. And if that happens, uh, you know, Trump might recover a little bit politically. Yeah, it'll I mean, be, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, I was watching uh, C- uh, CNN last night, and it was like, apparently they were like really freaking out about uh, how they were. Uh, I think it was Alan Dershowitz was on. They were like freaking out about how attorney uh, client privilege was being violated with these these leaks coming out. But I mean, I mean leaks. It's 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 called Washington. Like I mean, Republicans or Democrats should not be freaking out about leaks because it's just part of what happens in our nation's capital. But more evidence of this kind of uh, going out about uh, about Republicans who kind of know what's going on is like Trump. Uh, so Kevin McCarthy, I don't know if you heard the story. It was like midweek story reported uh, from Kevin McCarthy, who who was essentially like, you know what? I think Putin pays Trump. I think I think that's just my guess and. Uh, Repul- uh, so Paul uh, Paul Ryan was in the room. He heard it was like that. We need to keep this quiet. That's how we know we're a family. But that's out now, and I think it's just it kind of goes like this: when the report, uh, when the support in the polls for the president goes, then the support in the Congress for the president goes, and they probably wanted to drop that support long, 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 long time ago before uh, things really, like, before when they first heard of the Russia thing, I guess, but they just didn't think it would be politi- politically expedient for them to do that. But once the polls go, the uh, Congress goes, and then the president goes. That's pretty much my layout of how this whole thing is going to work. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, I, the impeachment process will have to, will have to happen uh, once, once, that, uh, the, once those dominoes fall. And uh, I just wonder how swift that will be. Um, you know, once once the decisions are made politically that he's he, that he should go, they they still have to go through the motions of an impeachment process. They have to draw up articles of impeachment. They have to vote on them. They have to have a committee that votes on them, and then the, the larger body, the House, would vote on it, and so forth. Mm. When the, when Nixon was impeached, it was a very serious endeavor. Um, but part of the reason for that was the Democrats were in control and they needed to get bipartisan support, and so they went about it in a very careful, methodical, serious manner. Now that the Republicans are in control, if they want to get rid of this president, all they have to do is decide. Yeah, if because they, they certainly have yeah. the Democrats on board, and uh, this could be a very slapdash uh, process, the, the impeachment process is what I'm saying. And we they really need to be careful about that because <clears throat> the idea of removing a president should be a very serious matter. And uh, even somebody like Trump, you know, they, they need to, they need to have at least the appearance of, of, of looking at this very carefully. And I kind of wonder if Republicans once they crack, they're they're really going to be like that. I mean, you saw how they handled healthcare, right? Yeah, it was a mess. And they they just rammed it through. And are they going to ram through impeachment and get it over with and get rid of this guy and be done with him as fast as they can? I think it'll so. be interesting to see. I I I mean, I mean honestly, I know I I mean I when I look at politics, I just see the Republican congressmen act the same way every single solitary time. I do not think it's going to be personally. I do not think it's going to be any different this time at all whatsoever really and yeah i mean i just i just don't think it's gonna be it's don't think it's gonna be changed like right now i think the republican uh support for this donald trump lies on the republican voters because i think the republicans they're just waiting for an excuse waiting for an excuse to decide to drop him and as you said when they do decide it'll be it'll probably it's not probably it will mean the end for donald trump and uh the beginning at least of impeachment proceedings which could you you could say is the beginning of the end and yeah so it all all depends on that as you said the national polling is going to be uh, pretty pretty critical yeah and if if the national polling is still pretty strong for Trump 
um, this is going to freak out the Republicans in Congress. Mm. Um, they're going to be wondering, you know, uh, why the heck uh, the people in America uh, don't see what's happening here um, the way they see it. And um, they know that the company is, uh, they know the country is, is very much divided about which media they watch. And it's going to dawn on them at some point that, uh, you know, Fox News and Rush Limbaugh are, are isolating um, Americans, many Americans who are getting a completely different message about Trump. It is not and, true. Yeah, which is not good. And if 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 congressmen, senators really think that the best thing for this country is that the president be impeached and convicted and removed, they need to get on Fox News and Rush Limbaugh yeah. and make their case. And once they do that, I think you'll see the polls change. But up until then, I don't think you'll see much of a difference in the polls. He might, you know, he might get down to like 35%, maybe maybe 33%, somewhere in that range. But uh, it's really going to be hard to see it move much more until uh, the media outlets start changing their story. Yeah, when those media outlets, and like that's a key thing, when you look at those media outlets, those are the ones that will determine this because they influence. If you trace the trail down, it goes... Republican support, Republican voter support, and the Republican voter support is swayed by those media outlets. And, and I'm going to segue here. This is going to be a pretty good segue. From media and Republicanism to Fox News and Roger Ailes, who passed away this week at the age of 77. And I mean, what in your mind is going to be the legacy of Roger Ailes? Well, um, I, I mean, I, I heard even... even um on MSNBC, they were acknowledging uh, the fact that he he, he changed uh, media in this country uh, in a very substantial way. Uh, before he came along, um, there was liberal media and there wasn't really anything else, and and he changed all that for for good or for bad, <laughs> and um, so. I think that's going to be his his legacy. I mean, I, I think the fact that you know the last year of his life was, you know, had all this salacious uh, stuff with uh, uh, sexual harassment is probably going to not be his legacy. His legacy is going to be the creation of Fox News and and changing the political climate in our country um, substantially since you know nineteen. 19- Ninety something, whenever, whenever it started, <laughs> whenever Fox started. All right, so yeah, uh, around the, like not late nineteen ninety, I think nineteen ninety six, nineteen ninety seven, is when it uh, first launched. And yeah, summer nineteen ninety six, and uh, it was really kind of interesting uh, when you look at it. And it said this was the memo that he wrote to Richard Nixon in nineteen seventy, and it really kind of laid out his plan. If you think about it, he was kind of like an evil genius. If you look at the way he did it. So, today television news is watched more often than people read newspapers, than people listen to the radio, than people read or gather any form of communication. The reason? People are lazy. With television, you just sit, watch, listen. Thinking is done for you. And Fox News certainly did the, if you could call it, thinking for uh, their audience. And that was definitely uh, something, well, something of what we've seen. And, yeah, that was the... Uh, that was his plan. That was his plan that he executed. He said, I want to help get Republicans elected. Uh, he launched it in the 1996 Fair and Balanced Counterpoint. And, I mean, he was the one who he, he was the one who moved and was a Republican propaganda organization who uh, was ripped. The, they wanted to circumvent the prejudices, as he said, Network news and deliver pro-administration stories to the heartland and television news in middle America who just didn't even know what they were missing out on when Roger Ailes did that. So, yeah, here. Yeah, and he and he was wildly successful at it, and and you have to give him credit for that. For as much as you might think about their 
the newsworthiness of, of Fox News and and their methods, um, you still have to give him credit for what he did. Mm, definitely. Um, all right. So, yeah, it was just pretty much. I mean, I want to sit back and read this memo because he he executed that plan to such fruition, and it is incredible. Uh, what he did, he was incredibly smart, and he used his, uh, he conveyed, he said fair and balanced, and uh, the people in the heartland middle, middle America was like, oh, that's great, fair and balanced, someone, finally. And then that was the the cable that, or the, uh, the opportunity Roger Ellis jumped on, and he jumped all over it and uh, spread that propaganda all over, frankly, everywhere. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's our show. Thank you so much, uh, Glenn Bradford, for joining us here today. We will be back tomorrow, same time, same place. We'll see you then. This has been Newsflash on the Spencer Walsh Radio Network.